Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Eddie Tate. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Those of you that know should know. You just don't sit down when I'm up. should let you guys sit down just so we can do some church aerobics. Put your hands up. Wait, there's people sitting down. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to point you out. I'm going to stare at you until you stand up. It's bright up here, but I can still see some of you. Put your hands out in front of you. I want us to do something now because it's what I want to speak on tonight. But then we're going to do this same thing later, and we're going to see what's changed in our hearts. On your own, with your lips, not your neighbor's, not your inside voice, but with your lips, I just want you to begin to thank God. Hmm. You see, we're creating an aroma right now. We're creating an an incense and a fragrance that's pleasing to the Lord right now. There's something significant about thankfulness. There's something powerful in thankfulness. You can be seated. <laughs> Thankfulness does something. All right, that's the end of my message. Good job, guys. This is not to be a spectacle. I want to do something right now, and I'm very serious about this, because I've actually had this conversation in the last few days with a few people about this manifestation. 
I, I was here fine, and I said for you to give thanks. But an atmosphere gets created, and something gets released. All day, I have been preparing a message on thankfulness, and I was telling Joaquin, I could explode right now, go 50 directions, because I've been crying and laughing. I wanted to run through walls. I wanted to float, levitate, swim, sleep. It didn't matter. I wanted to do everything, because what I've done today is reflected on 20 years of a life with him. And I found myself at times reflecting on the things that he did, these, the manifestations, the beautiful, wonderful things. And in those moments, I'll tell you honestly, my heart grieved for a moment because I focus sometimes on what he does instead of who he is. And what he does is to draw me closer to who he is. But there are some of you that have never seen what he does and you doubt who he is. So I want this to be honest. This isn't a meant to be a spectacle. I don't want 500 people running up. Who has never seen God manifest in a miraculous way? Raise your hand. And this isn't, this isn't meant to condemn you. It's not that you're lacking in anything. It's just who honestly has never seen God manifest in a miraculous way? Raise your hand again. Come up here. Come up here. Now, I don't know how many of you saw me when I came up here, but this was not up here when I came up here. This happens because of our heart position and our, our voices being unlocked to actually give thankfulness to God. Now, I want each of you, and I'm sorry, those of you that know me know that I actually struggle with the idea of letting people come and touch this because I don't want it to be a spectacle. It's not meant to draw attention to me or anyone or anything. It's supposed to actually draw us into a relationship with him. But if you've never seen this, I want all of you to touch this because I have a feeling that when you touch this, something's going to unlock in your lives tonight. So for the rest of you, just give me a minute. of your nearness and who you are in our lives. God, we don't value the manifestations over you, but we draw near to you. So God, I pray that as they draw near to see you, that they find you in a way they've never seen before. I bless and I release them to encounter the realness and truth of who God is in their lives. And I break off Fullness of you right now in Jesus' name. 
joint errand. <laughs> Sound guys, sorry about the microphone. It's going to be a little slimy. In aligning my heart with thankfulness today, I realized as God was whispering to me throughout the day that I could, I could preach 20 messages on thankfulness. So we'll be here until tomorrow night. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll through my notes as I have them because they're thoughts that really stood out. I may... Venture from these, who knows what's going to happen. Oh, wow. Thank you, Father. <laughs> really funny to hold this. I want to say thank you for my birthday weekend. Because my family loved on me. And I felt it. But I kind of felt spoiled. I had a birthday, like, week and a half. My wife is nodding because she's like, yes, you did. <laughs> Anybody that knows me, you pray for and know how much of a saint that woman is. You know, I got to spend five days with some of my closest friends. Went to Colorado, spending time in the mountains, just getting away. And there was a reflecting time that we had with God, and it was the best part of the trip for me. And then I get back, and I'm blessed and honored by the leadership of this house, by my pastors and my friends and the leadership here. And then I come to service at night, and I'm blessed and honored by my church family. And then the next day, I have my birthday party that I had planned. I didn't know about the church stuff going on, so I'm like, I thought I'd have five days with a few guys and then my birthday party. So I'm at my birthday party, and I have over 100 people there, and I'm blessed and honored. And then that night, I have a, a group of men that I invited to just kind of spend some time with men that I'm trying to do life with. And one of my good friends and growing to be a great friend, Dave, stops at this one point. And he says, let's just all say something about how Eddie's impacted his li our lives. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, I hate this part. And I was honored in that time. And then the next day was my actual birthday, and I got to spend it with my family, which is truly the greatest joy of that whole time, is being able to celebrate with my family. And then Tom Crandall, who spoke last week, he flew in early. He's a good friend of mine, and we got to go out to a ranch and spend a couple of days blowing stuff up and shooting guns and hanging out in a pool and driving around in the mud and, you know, stuff that every man should love to do. See what I mean? It was kind of a big uh, birthday week and a half. But a common theme was just being thankful and grateful. And I actually, for that time, slowed down and kind of sat back. And those of you that have been around and especially know kind of I'm a little crazy, 
I'm talking about the fire and passion and pursuit of God. And that's, that's, the, that's the heart of the leadership of this house. And if you're here, it's because you're not wanting to sit in, a, sit in a seat and hear about God. You're wanting to press in and find him. And we are passionately going after revival and seeing a, a city change so that we can see a state and a nation change so we can see a world changed. Like we, we don't have small vision for what we're going after in God. But for that time... I stopped. I actually stopped going after him for a time, and I started reflecting on who he is right now. And this, this place of thankfulness kind of just started stirring in me. And this last week, I've been just thinking, God, I feel more refreshed and more prepared to go after what you've promised than I did when I was going after what you promised. Because my empowerment actually is coming from sitting in a place of thankfulness. How many of you know that when you're chasing after some, something, it's a process and it takes work. And a lot of times you find the bumps in the road. You see the, the things that distract you, the obstacles. You see I'm not catching it as fast as I want to. It's always something you're going after. How, has anybody else ever experienced that? But when you stop and say, God, I'm just thankful for you. And today, just, God, I'm thankful for 20-some years of true relationship with you. Reflecting on the places that he's touched my life, the things that he's done in and around me, the people that he's allowed me to be with. All of a sudden, I'm like, that goal that you've put in front of me, that promise that you've said is mine, seems so close now. First Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. God gives us these commands, these type of things, God gives us these commands when it's something that we have to choose to do instead of it being something natural. Thankfulness is not natural. Because our circumstances and everything around us impacts us, and our natural response is not thanksgiving and thankfulness. How many of you, when something goes really bad, your first gut reaction is, oh, thank you? <laughs> I have to dig pretty deep and sort through a lot of other thoughts and emotions before I get to a place of thanks. And sometimes it comes from outside sources that love me enough to go shut up and say thank you. Thankfulness is a choice. That's why it's a commandment. He commands us to be thankful. Because he knows that there are things that are going to happen in this life that we're going to have to make a choice to do. First Peter says, In this you greatly rejoice, through now for a little while, if need be, that you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, through it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What this is saying is when you face trials, rejoice. When you face trials, rejoice. Be thankful. 
Because it's in that place that your faith is proven to be genuine. When a trial comes, when you can say, thank you, God, not for what's happening, but for the opportunity to see him in it and find what's being refined in us that's more precious than gold. You know, it's funny. I don't know about you, but when a trial comes in my life, I've learned how to put my head down, push through, suck it up, make it happen. I can get past trials. Why? I have created enough strength in myself to get through most things. Has anybody else done that? Or am I the only hard-headed person here? Every guy in this place better raise their hand. Women are better than us. Just admit it. That's not what the Bible says to do. The Bible says to rejoice, not to take up my strength and my ability to push through and conquer a trial, but it says to actually rejoice in the trial to prove my faith as genuine. You know, it's funny. Every one of us in here loves those sermons on faith, trust, until God says, oh, let me put that in your life. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Great sermon, not fun experience. I love those inspiring messages. How many of you guys like those preachers that just get, I have faith to take the world on. God says, okay, let me put a little thorn in your side. You're like, I can't do this. Your faith is tested genuine when you face trials. My all-in, my all-in, my commitment to God, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what's going in, my all-in yes to him did not prevent hard times from happening in my life. You know, so many times people will judge God based on their worst moments. If God was so good, why am I struggling? Your struggling has nothing to do with his goodness. His goodness has everything to do with how you get through your struggles. I remember I worked at Apple Computer for years. And there were a couple gentlemen that I just, God put on my heart. And it was hard because... As you can tell, I'm a little hard in some ways. And if people blaspheme God, I feel like, David, let me find a stone and we're going to have fun. I hate the blaspheming of God. But there was these two guys at my work that they made jokes about God all the time. They would tease me about my faith. And I just had heart for them, loved them. And I put the sling and the stones away and I just presented love and it was about four years into this six and a half years that I was at Apple that one of the guys his mother actually got cancer so bad that every every hope was gone except one and he came to me and he said look I don't believe in what you believe but I've seen the way you handle everything that goes on in your life, and will you please pray for my mother? 
See, he didn't see me live a life outside of trial. He saw me live a life with, when trial came, my source was Jesus. I never made it to pray for his mom. She actually passed before I was able to get to her. And about six months later, he gave his life to the Lord. The other one of the two guys was a little bit longer period. But about a year after she passed, he asked me to officiate his wedding. And I said, well, you know that if I do that, I'm going to pray and bring God into the wedding. He goes, that's why I asked you. He goes, because I may not fully believe what you believe, but I've watched you and I want what's in your life to be in my marriage. See, it was the way that I faced my trials. It was the one I faced my trials with that actually let them see the reality of who God is. Hmm. I can feel it coming again. <laughs> oh, man. It pleases God when you stand in faith in the midst of trials. Hebrews says, apart from faith, we cannot please God. Richie said that earlier. You know, sometimes we think that it's the result of something that pleases God. When we go after healing for somebody, we think if they get healed, God will be happy. If I trust and he shows up, he'll be happy. No. He's happy once you turn your affections to him. If somebody needs healing, guess when he's pleased with you? The moment you say, excuse me, and you go to pray. Because now you've stepped into a place of faith. When your bank account says negative, and you have bills that say you need to have a lot of positive. It's at that point when you say, God, I know that you're good. I have faith that you are my provider. I'm not focused on the result of you providing. I know you're the provider. That level of faith pleases him. Wow. See, in the Bible, thanksgiving... Oftentimes is a sacrifice. When the Bible talks about Thanksgiving, it's actually a sacrifice. When you give thanks to God in the midst of trials, you're sacrificing in that moment. It's a sacrifice to give thanks at times. It means when it's hard or inconvenient, I give thanks. To him. It becomes an offering to God. You see, thankfulness and lack of any kind cannot coexist. 
I can't lack hope and be thankful. I can't lack faith and be thankful. I can't lack joy and be thankful. A lot of times we will complain. How many of you have ever complained? Everyone without a hand up is a liar. You're either a liar or you're Jesus, so. Complaining only happens when your awareness of what's not or your awareness of circumstances is greater than the awareness of the presence of God. If my idea of what's lacking becomes greater than my idea of his truth, I then complain. Because my mouth is going to actually speak out what's most relevantly, uh, what I'm most relevantly aware of. If I'm aware of lack, I'm going to speak to lack, which will come out as complaining. If I'm aware of God, I'll be thankful because I'm aware of his goodness. It's impossible to complain if your awareness is on the goodness of God. And here's a hard truth. A lot of us complain and call it prayer and intercession. Sorry. Not sorry. See, if you can't be trusted in hard times, it's hard to be trusted in good ones. I don't like hard times. Does anybody like hard times? I know I just said, have faith and thankfulness in hard times. No, no, no. That doesn't mean I like it. I don't like the hard times, but I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to grow from them and find him in them. Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When I read that, I hear that peace is a byproduct of thankfulness. If I'm thankful, the peace of God that surpasses understanding comes. I would imagine there's a couple of people in here that may be lacking peace. I'd say there's probably a couple every two seats that is probably lacking a little bit of peace in your life. Thankfulness actually allows you to step into a place of peace that doesn't make sense. Why? Because you're actually giving something as a sacrifice when it doesn't make sense. And it's a pleasing aroma to him. And then his peace is the reward. If you need peace, start with thankfulness. Peace is also very attached to joy. Sorry, thankfulness is attached to joy. So is peace. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Kingdom of God. But thankfulness is actually attached to joy. 
You know, when you read through the Bible, a lot of times where it talks about rejoicing or rejoice or joy, that same word can be thankfulness or thanksgiving or thanks. Thankfulness is a key for allowing joy to be internal instead of external. When your surroundings and your circumstances and your experiences and other people are the source of your joy, you have to rely on all of that to feel joyful. But thankfulness actually removes it from the circumstances, puts it inside of you, and actually gives you the internal capacity to be joyful, regardless of people, experiences, or circumstances. Because thankfulness unlocks the ability to receive the joy of the Lord inside of you. Psalm 100, I love this psalm. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Was that joyful? Or was that just you responding because I have the microphone and I put my hand on my ear? It was number two probably. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. And it is he who has made us and we not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Enter into his gates with and into his courts with praise. And be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures all generations. Do you understand that generational blessings are way more powerful than generational curses? Some of you are so focused to break off something that has no right to be there when all you have to do is actually accept a generational blessing and it trumps and stomps out the curse. That was a side note. That was for free. Passion translation. Psalm 100. Now, verse 4 is the enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I love the way the passion says this. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. It's astonishing to me how many people said that they've never felt the presence of God. There's two 100% ways that you will always experience the presence of God. One is right here. Because when you read his word, you're hearing his voice and his presence is near. You cannot get into the word of God and not actually encounter the presence of God. The other one is to start by being thankful. Because if we enter into his courts with thanksgiving and... I mean, into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. If we are thankful and that invites his presence, all you have to do is be thankful. And I would say this. If you don't think you've ever encountered the presence of God, make thankfulness the loudest thing out of your mouth. 
make it the standard on which every person that knows you knows you by. That thankfulness is such the overflow of everything inside of you, you will not be able to avoid the presence of God. Because you'll be inviting yourself into the place that his presence resides. A couple things I want us to think about, kind of takeaways, so to say. Don't miss an opportunity to be thankful. It's easy to be thankful when we see a massive healing. It's easy to be thankful when we get a financial blessing. It's easy to be thankful when the extravagant goodness of God is poured out in a moment. But when you begin to see the reality of his goodness in everything and you turn your heart's affections to be thankful for everything. Oh, God, thank you that my coffee was hot. God, thank you that I woke up this morning. Whew. How many of you have watched the series The Chosen? How many of you have not watched it? How many of you are kind of that group that you're like, I'm not watching it? Everyone says to, not going to do it. I'm waiting for you two? All right, you two come see me afterwards. I'm praying for you. I'm going to lay hands on you repeatedly until you understand. Shane. Oh. So how many of you have watched and you're in season two? Okay. I won't ruin it, but there is, there, is a, there is a scene that is just, it's a small portion in between two major points that he's trying to show in this scene. And there's a scene where something significant happens, and it happens while he's not there, and Jesus is in a room with a couple of the disciples, and he wakes up, and they're talking and laughing about, you know, how, wow, you don't even have to be there for a miracle to happen, and he's laughing, laughing. There was something that happened in this, and I've watched this part of this one show like five times because it wrecked me. It's a, it's a show, but it wrecked me. Jesus pulls his cover off, turns around, sits, and just sits there for a second. The disciples stop talking, and they just sit there for a second. And Jesus says, I thank you. And he goes into this thankful moment of prayer. And it wrecked me. Because I all of a sudden thought, I, I don't know if there's a place in here where I can read that he swung over and that morning prayed. But there was some truth that came out of that moment. And I thought, you know, I would imagine that's exactly how Jesus lived. That every moment that he woke up, every day that he woke up, he woke up with thanksgiving in his heart. Thanksgiving on his lips. Thanksgiving to his father. And I got so convicted that, God, how many times do I start my day off with the first thing be snooze? You know, and then the second thing is usually snooze. And then the third thing is run to the bathroom because I should have gone the first time when the alarm went off. And then I, oh, gosh, I got to get dressed, got to figure this out, got to fit. And my day gets going. 
and my day gets so far into going that I forgot to actually stop and be thankful for the one who gave me that day in the first place. Something about that moment in that show that I said, God, I'm sorry that I haven't thanked you for every day that I've woken up. And when you begin to stop and thank him for every day, think about what every person in this room's day would look like if the first thing you did, the first thing you did is, is just sat up and said, thank you. And you stopped everything in your world to give him your first fruits of that day, which is your attention and your affection. What if we started every day thanking him and actually asking him, God, what would please you today? Because I've got my schedule, I've got my to-dos, I've got my daily life, but what would please you today? Because I know my father loves me enough to where he wouldn't do something or ask me of something that's going to ruin my day. It's actually going to improve my day. So God, what would actually please you today? Because I'm just so thankful for you. And then what if we actually did what he said? What if he didn't say anything and all he wanted was to know that you just were thankful? Because when you turn your affections and your attentions to him, he turns his to you. Don't miss out on the opportunity to be thankful. And secondly, be thankful for who he is, not what he does. I said this earlier, but what he does is to bring us to who he is. We can get so caught up when, in the doing and the stuff of God. I mean, he does miraculous things. Years I struggled with this because I wanted to know why. Why are you doing this? And he spoke to me and he said, it's because I love you. There was no other reason for this. Because I was justifying my worth and my value based on this manifestation, thinking there's people that are more worthy to receive this than me because they know what to do with it. See, the problem was is I was attaching his love manifested as a thing to be done, so I wanted to give it away to people that I thought were more qualified. When all he was doing is saying, no, I love you right now, and I'm going to do this to you. Now, does that mean that if you don't have oil on your hands, he doesn't love you? No. It's what he did with me. Why? I don't know. I don't actually care. I just know he loves me. If he wants me to do something with it, here's the reality. If I'm seeking to want to know what to do with this, he'll probably let it go away because I'm missing the point. But if I just relish in thankfulness for who he is, I imagine that the revelation of what this is for will manifest when he wants it to be done. Because there are times that this happens and it's like, oh, I can feel it. There's healing. Like I can feel the weightiness of healing in the oil. There are times when I'm like, I can feel the angelic. Like almost like, oh, this is letting me know that angels are more real right now in this environment and people are going to experience them than they ever have before. Sometimes it's like, 
and it's for nothing. It's because he loves me. I'm not focused on the what. I'm focused on the who. If thankfulness is based on what he does, think about this. If your thankfulness is based on what he does, you will measure him based on experience rather than truth. And I know that there are people that are like, oh, I just haven't felt him. I haven't heard him for a while now. Something must be wrong. It's because you're basing the truth of his identity and who he is, the reality of God himself, on an experience or an encounter rather than the truth of who he is. See, when I can be thankful for him when I feel him or I don't, when I see him or I don't, when I experience things and I don't, when I'm disappointed, when I've asked him, God, heal this person, and he doesn't. When I can be thankful in that moment, I'm actually aligning myself to the truth of who he is, not what I'm expecting him to do. Thankfulness will actually shift you from a place of expectation to a place of expectancy. Because if I want to see something happen, I ex my expectation is that God will do it because he's made a promise. But if I actually have an attitude of thankfulness, I'm just in this place of expectancy that he's good and he's here. And the result doesn't matter. Thank you. It's funny, I think half of what I preach comes to me when I'm preaching or when I'm praying about it. People are like, can you tell me what you said last weekend? Go watch the video. I'm learning half the time myself. Thankfulness prepares the way for things to come. What is a testimony? It's bringing glory to God. What is thankfulness? An aligning of my heart to the reality of who he is and saying thank you for being you. So in, in, in one way, I can say that my thankfulness is actually a testimony, and the testimony of God is a spirit of prophecy. So as I align my heart in a place of thankfulness, I'm actually prophesying into the future of what he's promised. Why? Because I've said I'm aligning myself with you, not with the result. So I'm paving the way for the result to actually be manifest because I'm out of the way. Sometimes the biggest obstacle from God doing something for what he's promised is the person standing in between the word and the promise, and it's usually you. Twenty different directions we can go right now. So I, um, I have a, I have, you know, everybody has notes on your phone, or if you do or don't, whatever. I have a note in my phone that I wrote while I was actually at the ranch, because this whole thankfulness really just got stirred up in me, and I just wrote out. <laughs> it's funny. I wrote out about fifty things that I was thankful for, and then I erased about thirty of them. And I erased a lot of the things that had an event, an encounter, or something attached to it. Because I wanted, I didn't erase all of those, but I wanted to try to align myself with who he is and what he's done in my life. Not as an event or an encounter, but God, just the, the reality of our relationship. 
And every day I've been reading this list. Now, I will tell you, there are some days I read it. And how many of you know that you can read something and it doesn't actually have a lot of impact to you? But I'm trying to be faithful with my thankfulness. I'm trying to make sure that this thing is empowered to always release something that's true, even when I don't feel like it. Because truth is true whether you feel it or not, whether you believe it or not. So if I continue to exercise my mouth in thankfulness, it's going to maintain a level of awareness that my spirit and my body are going to respond to in relationship with him. I just want to read my list to you. I'm thankful that God is my father. I'm thankful you're my father. Thank you for revealing yourself to me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for walking with me. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for covering me. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for intervening. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for giving me courage. Thank you for supplying every need. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for refining me. Thank you for being strong when I'm weak. Thank you for never leaving nor forsaking me. Thank you for being my father. I want to challenge every person in here to write your list. It's easy to come to a church service and to leave, take a couple notes, have a good worship experience, talk to your friends that you haven't talked to in a week, and then do it again next week. But let's stop doing that. Let's stop doing church. Let's start being the church. Let's stop sitting and listening to a message. Let's start actually letting a message actually change and impact and become a part of our lives. I want every person in here. How many of you have a phone? Yeah. Again, it's like if you don't raise your hand, you're probably lying, but... If you don't have a phone, you have maybe a piece of paper. If you don't have a piece of paper, you have a person next to you with a phone or a piece of paper. I want you to take about three minutes right now. Right now. See, because I can ask you to go ahead and leave and do this, and some of you will do it. Some of you aren't going to do it while you're here, because that's just your MO. You're just going to do what you're going to do because you're satisfied with your life as it is. And I'm really sorry for that. And I don't mean to say that harshly. I mean to say it as a father that wants to see the children move forward. 
See, the heart of the Father is that he loves you exactly where you are right now. But he loves you enough not to leave you there. And it's easy for us to be satisfied with our lives because it's good. But he's called you to more than good. So just take three minutes. Write down two or three, five, 20 things. Depends on how fast you write or what you can. Just put some things you're thankful for. And then my challenge to you is that take this list. And every day, every day, read this list. I would suggest you do it in the morning. Because honestly, by the end of your day, you may have forgotten. And just like in that short clip in The Chosen, just to start our day saying, thank you, God. And putting some intention in our hearts putting some words from our lips, empowering and activating the reality of God in our lives for that day because you've set aside a moment to say thank you. You align yourself with peace. You align yourself with joy. You, you put purpose in the middle of the bullseye because you've talked to him and said thank you and he's close and he's near. you can be thankful for him in the midst of contending for yourself you align yourself with truth and you invite him to show up you know one of those prayers I had in there one of those statements of thankfulness is God thank you for intervening oh I, I skipped over one because there's one in there that says thank you for your mysteries the revelation of God is actually easier than the mysteries of God because once I have the revelation of God I feel like oh now I've got something that I understand and that I can work with it's the mysteries of God that keep me in a place of saying God I need you still God there's so much about you I don't understand you know I really believe that we understand slivers of who God is and out of our slivers we actually have a lens that we begin to look through God, I need you to do this for me. And God doesn't. And we're like, oh, he's not doing it. That's an area of lack and loss. And it's a misconception of who he is. Because God is always doing something. It's impossible to pray and God not do something with it. It just may not look like the way you thought it should look. And sometimes, thank God that he doesn't do things the way I've wanted him to. 
Man, there's prayers that if he'd have answered, I wouldn't be married to this amazing woman. I wouldn't have five incredible children. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I can go down the list of things I wouldn't have in my life if he'd have answered my prayers. Thank God that he intervened. Thank God that he knew better than I did. Thank God that the mysteries of why not didn't disturb my peace and make me say, then I can't trust you, God. I align myself to trusting him regardless of if I understood or not. You know, I've said this before, but everybody talks about, oh, God always comes in the 11th hour. Man, my God comes at 1.30. It's past noon. It's over. I'm like, oh, he didn't do it. I'm, I'm in a bad place now. See, it's getting worse. It's getting, and then all of a sudden he shows up and I'm like, that's not what I wanted. And that's so much better than what I asked for. And if he'd have done what I asked him in the timing I asked him to, I'd have been okay, but I'd have missed out on good and great and purpose and promise and opportunity and relationship. How many of you are parents in here? How many are you kids? Every one of you should have raised your hand. Everyone in here is a kid of someone. How many of you know you do not give your child everything they ask for? How many of you know that that's wisdom? How many of you know that as parents, you know things that are better for your children than they know in their phase of life, and when you don't do something they've asked for, it's not to prevent them from something, it's to actually bless them with something. And if we, (laughs) in our way, in our nature, do things like that, how much better is he? How many times has he withheld his response to our request to bless us and see us grow and see us grow closer? I had this, I kind of went on this tangent right now because I have this thought and this feeling that there's people that have come tonight and people that have come over and over with a need. And it's not necessarily a want, it's a need. And I really feel like it's in this area of healing. Like you've come because, God, I need you to touch this area of my life. Because this part of my body is not in the way it should have been designed. This is not the way I thought this was going to work. This hurts. This is life-threatening. This is out of alignment. And I think some people have actually come and been like, God, I trust you. Well, I didn't do it again. I trust you. I didn't do it again. Trust you. Didn't do it again. And if your thankfulness is attached to the result of the healing, you're missing out on the one who heals. He wants you to be thankful in the midst of your desires, in the midst of your prayers, in the midst of your struggles. He wants you to be thankful and he wants you to actually keep your eyes on him the whole way. Who's lacking hope right now?
a hard thing to admit sometimes. If you're lacking hope, just stand up. Now, the reality is, is that there are anointed people that can lay hands and pray on you, pray for you, and things may happen, things may shift. But the most powerful voice in your life is the one that comes out of your mouth. And you may not know what to say. You may not feel like you have authority. You may not even have an anointing in your mind to accomplish what you're desiring or that what you're hoping for. But if you're lacking hope right now, you have the greatest power and authority to shift that. And that's to begin to be thankful. Because you right now, and it's, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, I know. I know the truth. Knowing the truth and walking it out are two different things. And sometimes we need to force ourselves to continue to walk something out that we may not feel, experience, or understand. But it's in that faith journey of doing it that he's revealed. So just as you're standing there, those of you that stood up, just don't worry about what else I tell the rest of the people. Just begin to thank God right now. And I want you to do two things. I want you to thank him for who he is, not for what he does, not for, thank him for who he is. And I want you to thank him for the area you're lacking hope. Not that he's going to fulfill something, just thank him for that area. If it's healing, God, I just thank you for healing. I thank you that you're the healer. I'm not going to turn my affections to the result which I've been contending for, which is, God, I thank you that you're going to heal me. Because now I put my attention on a, on a result. God, I thank you that you're the healer. My finances are in trouble, okay? So I need the provider. God, thank you for being the provider. Thank you that you've always provided every need. I didn't say my need. I said every need. I'm speaking the truth of his identity over a situation that I'm lacking in hope. Why? Because when I began with my mouth to release thankfulness and truth, the truth of who he is begins to be revealed in my life. If I'm praying towards a result, my idea and focus is so set on the result that I don't see the reality of him until the result manifests. So two things, thank him for who he is, however you want to do that. And then thank him for the area that you're lacking hope. Just do as you are, and it has to be out loud. You know, the devil, the devil is called the thought caster. So really it sounds like the only place he has the place to influence us is in our thoughts. So don't let your prayer life be in your thought place. Let your prayer life be released through the powerful place you've been given, which is your mouth. Life and death are held in the tongue. So speak life into dead situations. Now, if you're here and you need healing, you need healing in your body. I want you to stand up. You may have hope, but you need healing. Guess what? It's the same answer for you as it is for the others that were standing. Begin to thank him for who he is and begin to thank him for the area that you need him to show up in. Thank him for being who he is and then thank him for being the healer. If you need a financial miracle, you need provision, not that you'd like more, all of us would probably stand up there, you need provision in your life. Stand up. 
Guess what? Same answer. Same formula. Thank him for who he is. Thank him for who he, who he is. Thank him for being the provider. Not for providing for you. Thank him for providing. Thank you for being a provider. The provider. Thank you for provision in itself because he is all those things in his nature. Who? Haha. <laughs> this one I know is real right now because I just felt. Ooh, yeah, this is good. Whoo, okay. Who has been praying for family members to get saved? Stand up. There is something, I, I literally, in fact, I can feel the weightiness of that happening right now in the oil. Like the oil's actually got weight to it right now. Uh, okay, I know that this is for now. Our, in, our lead intercessor told me that then they were praying earlier, the stage was full of feathers and there was this angelic host and I was like, okay, I know what that means. That means they're waiting to be assigned. See, the angels are always here with us. If you guys haven't noticed, they like us. They like that we like God. So they show up and play with us all the time. But there was an assigned group waiting for instruction. And I know right now that that's what it's for. If you have been praying for family members, this is what I want you to do. Same thing. I want you to thank God for who he is, and I, th I want you to thank him for being Lord and Savior. Not towards those people. Thank him for the reality of who he is and the reality of that nature of his being. Lord and Savior. Because in your mind, you'll have that person in your mind, but don't pray towards that person right now. Why? We sometimes take the authority of what we think the direction should be instead of allowing God to say, just look at me, tell me you love me, and let me do what I do. So if you have people that you're pressing in for, whoa, okay. As you pray for him and thankfulness of him and who he is, and you pray and give thankfulness, thanks to just him being the Lord and Savior. I can feel right now, I can, wow, I can feel a, a breeze almost right now up here. I actually feel a breeze right now, right here. Dylan to just, he's going to just lead us into this. Now, here's the thing. Don't join in with your voice until you know that your mind and your lips have actually done the right thing in actually turning all your affection to who he is. And once you have, just begin to just partner with Dylan. There's something going to happen. It's almost like the water level is rising. Who? As we give thanks, if you have never felt the presence of God, 
I want you to actually come stand up here in the front. Just If you've never felt the presence of God, just come up front. Don't, don't hesitate. That's not an embarrassing thing. If, if I hadn't, I'd run up here. I'd push people out of the way. Sorry. If God's saying he's going to offer me something, get out of my way. If you've never felt the presence of God, those of you that had never seen a miracle, you may have felt the presence. I think you should come up here too. If you've never felt the presence of God, just come up front. I'm not laying hands on you. It's not about me touching you. It's about your heart of thankfulness actually inviting the reality of his presence. And in thankfulness, presence begins to rise up. Some of you are going to feel it. Some of you are going to feel it. Wow. Some of you are going to feel it from your foot to your head. Some of you are going to feel it from your head to your foot. Some of you are going to feel this warmth on the inside come out. Some of you are going to feel the warmth on the outside come in. I feel like there's going to be a union of the presence within you and the presence upon you. If you have children in the children's ministry, please just go get them, but bring them back in. Don't be selfish. Don't let them miss out on what you're encountering. Okay, as you feel led, begin to just partner with Dylan. I'm telling you, thank you. Wow. I'm telling you, thank you. I'm telling you, thank you. I'm telling you, thank you. I'm telling you 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 thank you. All right, let's let's join in with him, everyone. Thank you. There's more of us than him. I'm Come on. Telling you, thank you. Let's let our voices rise to heaven. I'm telling you, thank you. What's the aroma coming out of your heart right now? I'm telling you, thank you. stand up. Just put your hands on your neighbor. Just there's something about, I feel like there's something about unity right now. There's something about us being joined together. Lifting up a thankfulness prayer. A thankfulness praise. Just it's almost like we could burn with one log or we could burn with 400 logs. 
There's something about the aroma that's going to come from a united group. Father, right now, I pray that everyone in this room, everyone that's listening, that we would have encounters of your presence in our nighttime hours, in our daytime hours. God, I pray that you would bring remembrance of who you are in our life. God, begin to reveal and show us the places that you've touched our lives. God, let us sit in a place of just thankfulness, God. Let us experience thankfulness as a natural response to your goodness and the remembrance of what you've done and who you are. God, I thank you that you're my father. I thank you for my salvation, God. I thank you that you are real, you are true, you are perfect and good. God, I pray that we would receive a blessing of remembrance in these next few days to stir us to this place of just saying thank you God for who you are thank you for the touch in my life thank you for the fathering love the nurturing love wow thank you thank you yeah come on Thank you. Thank you. 
can feel it. I feel something still. It feels like it's building. Come on. We have a choice. Go home happy or go home changed. Something's going to break if you press in. This isn't for a show. This isn't just to do church. This is aligning my spirit and my voice with the truth of who he is. We release joy in this place. We release peace in this place. As we turn our affections to you and say, thank you, God. You pour out joy. You pour out peace. Wow. I'm telling you thank you. If you're feeling like God is all over you, you just can't contain what God's doing. Come up front. Just come up front. If you can, if you can feel the presence of God, right now. Just come up here. Can you guys make sure that this, this beautiful young woman right here can get up here? Come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Ha. Now, here's the thing I wanted to do. I just, I just saw this, so I'm going to go with it. I got the microphone. Take it away from here. Let me get crazy. If you are feeling the tangible touch of God right now, you should be up front. Now, this is the next call. If you need that touch, if you doubt that that's real, if you're skeptical that God is actually doing what we think he's doing in this room right now, I dare you to come up and be with these people. And I'm saying that because I know that if you step forward in faith, not knowing, confused, skeptical, not understanding, and even fearful that he will honor your response to coming forward. Now, don't just stand behind this group. If you're doubting, if you need that touch, push your way up here. Just push your way and intermix. There's a group of people that came when I could get up here. Just push your way. Hey, push people out of the way. Church is too nice sometimes. Sometimes we're way too polite. And some of you are just too serious. Seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. We need to break that off right now. Now it's about to get crazy. It's about to get weird. Some of you are gonna be offended. Some of you are gonna be scared. I'm gonna let you know it's okay. Nothing's gonna happen here that is out of control. The only thing that could happen here that's out of control is us losing control of what we've established to prevent God from being fully realized. Push your way in. If you're doubting, if you're lacking, push your way up farther, farther, farther. I want to release our ministry team. 
our core team. I want you to walk around and pray for every person up here. The reason that I have people that are full and people that are not is because I don't want you to have an idea of which is which. I want you to release the glorious nature of God over every person up here. Do not be distracted by the manifested attempts that the enemy will bring to distract you or that God will bring to touch someone's life. Manifestations can be distracting if you are looking at them. Keep focused on him right now. Ministry team, begin to go around. Dave Eason, all of my men's leaders, I want you up here praying for people. presence. 
Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.